Welcome to the Spurs 9501 podcast. From Kane to the lane, the final say on all things Tottenham. Everybody, welcome back to the Spurs 9501 podcast. This is Rowan London and I've got, we've got our expert, Serie A expert, Jack Farr back with us. Hello, Jack. How you doing? Not so bad, Ray. How you doing? Not too bad. Did you enjoy the Euros? Happy to be one? Look, I think just very quickly, I think that the best team won the tournament and if you'd have told any England fan that they'd be in the final, yeah. not necessarily that they'd win, but they were in the final, you'd rip their arm off. So I think I think a good tournament all round. Yeah, yeah. No, okay, thank you. Yeah, I agree with that. I think the best team probably did win in the end. Yeah. Okay, excellent. So we've got Jack here, guys, to talk about Pierluigi Gallini, who's the new keeper that we've signed from Atalanta. He's going to be signed on a season-long loan with an option to buy. He's going to be the number two to Hugo Lloris. Jack, as a Serie A expert, has got a lot of intel on Pierluigi, and he's going to share that with you today. So, um, Jack, um, just give us an introduction to Pierluigi, you know, um, you know, where he started and, you know, what, how he's doing, and then we'll go into some more detailed questions about him. Yeah, of course. So, um, so first of all, I think, again, and I feel like every single time we speak, um, usually my kind of initial comments are like, okay, everybody hold your horses. Um, this is not Donnarumma. Okay, this is not a um, going to come in and be your goalkeeper for 15 years and potentially once he finishes his career be considered the greatest of all time. You know, that's how highly I rate Donnarumma. Coming in as a 16-year-old, he's already won a Euros. You know, who knows what that man can achieve. Galini is not that. Okay, he's not that. Um, he's an interesting character. Um, he's a good shot stopper, generally speaking. Um, the one kind of issue I think for him is he's not so brilliant um, coming for coming for the ball in, in, in terms of crosses and whatnot. But again, he has been you know a part of that fantastic Atalanta setup um, with uh, with Gasparini, right? So it, it, it's it's one of these ones where I think the deal is perfect for Spurs. Um, what I mean by that is he can come in and if he trains well and if everything looks good, then maybe in 12 months time, the Spurs hierarchy can go, maybe this is our guy. Because I, I would imagine the the option fee to buy is not going to be too much money. So I'd say that so that's a good thing. And then obviously, if it just doesn't work out and he comes in, he plays a couple cup games, you can just let him go back back from his loan. Yeah, so. It's a, 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 a risk, risk-free sort of type of deal, really. Not much to lose and a lot to gain. Hopefully, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I, you know, if we if we compare it to something that's happening right now, um, fifty million pounds on somebody like Ben White, there's a huge risk factor there, right? Yeah. Um, whereas this kind of loan with an option to buy it gives you good flexibility, um, and there's low damages if it doesn't work out well, especially with Yuri's still there. Sure, sure. So give us. I mean, it's interesting you say that he's a good shot stopper and not so great at crosses, which describes Hugo Lloris to me. So I'm just saying, are we buying another Hugo Lloris? I was going to say, it sounds kind of familiar, right? Um, <laughs> exactly. um, I don't think so. Um, I think that, um, and, you know, I guess we'll, we'll get into some of these, uh, some of the info here shortly. But um, the, the thing with Golini is he he's a totally different character. You're getting a completely different uh, beast um, in terms of, excuse me, um, getting a completely different beast in terms of a uh, of a personality and a player type um and it's also something that he can definitely improve upon in his game um going forward but but yes unfortunately there are some comparisons there with there uh, with Hugo Lloris I don't know whether that's a good thing or a bad thing with the Spurs fan base but yeah, yeah. so um stylistically how is it different in this keeping with Hugo what's the main differences we can expect between Gallini and Hugo 
Um, that's a very, very good question. Um, differences in style. Um, for example, is he good with his feet? Because Hugo's not notoriously not good with his feet. Is he good he, with his feet? Can yeah, he, he pass it out? He's gotten better with his feet, um, and I think that the you know the um, the statistics will will back that up as well. Um, the reason why he's had to become better with that with with his feet is because Atalanta as a football club have become a better team, yeah. um, you know, uh, significantly more in in terms of a um, in terms of a possession based style playing out from the back. So he's had to get better. But again, you know, this is not. Um, Edison we're talking about here you know this is this is still it's still kind of a work in progress but I'd say probably right now I'd say yeah chance maybe he's better with his feet than 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 Hugo Lloris but there there are some some big similarities Uh, he's he's very brave I'd give him that he's very brave a lot of his saves you know diving at people's feet that kind of thing he's and I think again that marries quite well with his character and and the type of person that, that that you're that you're going to be getting so let's go through some of his. What, what do you think are his main strengths as a keeper? You mentioned he's very brave. He, you know, he's a good shot stopper. Any other things that we we should be looking out for? Ah, uh, I mean, those I those I think are the main kind of uh, take home ones uh, to, to 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 go with. And I think the the thing you know usually, uh, and and I did just a little bit more extra research because obviously uh, Atalanta goalkeepers are not strictly my speciality. Yeah. Um, but you know, you you look at interviews and stuff. He's very well respected. He's very well well liked. I think he's a big one as well. Um, and there's a certain level of kind of character and charisma that comes with with, with somebody like Golini. And like I said to you, it's going to be kind of a real sea change to Hugo Lloris, who you know I, I don't think I'm too crazy in saying is is kind of a really very good example of a professional goalkeeper. You know, you never hear about Hugo Lloris doing anything wrong. Um, the drink driving a few years ago. <laughs> Except the drink driving, yeah. <laughs> yeah sorry, yeah. Um, I, had to, I had to add that in, sorry, yeah. But, um, yeah, but you I know, get what you're saying, though. He's a good person and he's, he sets an example, yeah? Yeah, absolutely. Whereas Galini, I think there's going to be a little bit, you know, there's a little bit more youth, a little bit more, um, you know, a li- li- little bit more of kind of a craziness. Yeah, cheekiness, you know, a bit, bit more of a character, basically. Yeah. One thing I was very impressed with on his video is that he spoke really good English, which is good. A lot of, Ita- a lot of Italians don't speak English that well, do they? Well, there's, I mean, obviously there's a, there's a very good reason to that. Were, were okay. we going to kind of list the facts yeah. or do you want me to just kind of go no, into no, them now? Why don't we just give us a bit of um, introduction to, to his background and where he started, etc. So, um, so originally um, he was uh, in F- uh, Fiorentina as a youth player um, and got scouted uh, quite heavily by, uh, by Manchester United and, and was brought in, I want to say, as a 16-year-old, I mm-hmm. think, 15, 16-year-old um, to Manchester United. So... Immediately, immediately, as a teenager, being brought from Italy to England to you know to Manchester, you know yeah. that that shows the character, the character of the kid. Yeah. You know, a lot of times you you see it more often than not with um with with these uh, European um, uh, countries, and sometimes it's I think a smart move for people's careers, but sometimes I I, I think that people play it safe a little bit too often. Um, we see you know far too many times do we see a German player you know, go to a Bayern or a Dortmund setup because they want to develop or, or Kylian Mbappe goes from Monaco to PSG or something like this, where they kind of play it safe. And for their development, it's probably the safe bet. But sometimes you do want to kind of put yourself out of your comfort zone a little bit. And I would say, I think it was two years at the Manchester United youth setup. Um, he really put himself uh, out of his comfort zone there. Um, and obviously spent a little bit of time as well. I think it was about, I want to double check here, 20 appearances at uh, Aston Villa. Yeah, 20 appearances at uh, Aston Villa as well. Where again, he played, pr- you know, he played pretty well. I think people, 
a lot of the articles I saw was, you know, Spurs have signed a guy who struggled at Aston Villa. And I kind of think to myself, uh, struggle, you know, it's kind of a, it's a very emotive word. I'm, I'm not sure that that's strictly true, but obviously he spent some time in England already. So this is hardly going to be a shock to the system. As you said, his English is already very good. And I'll be honest with you, Ray, I think there's a certain level of like, you know what? I don't think I, I don't think I did what I wanted to do in England. So I'm going to go back and I'm going to kind of try and prove myself here. And yeah, I'm going to maybe, maybe try and replace Hugo Uris. I think I've got that option. Okay. Excellent. So when he went from, did he leave United and then go to Villa or was it on loan or something like that? So he, he went to, um, uh, Verona. He went to, uh, Verona. I think I've got it here for two seasons. Um, and again, you know, the, the, the one thing I'm not a huge fan of, um, looking at kind of his history is he's not a 30 plus game appearance maker every single season. There's lots of very kind of spotty. So you've got, you know, from 2014, 15, obviously he was a very young man at this point. He was 19. Um, but you've got three appearances for Verona, 26 appearances for Verona, 20 appearances for Villa, four for Atalanta, seven for Atalanta, 20 for Atalanta, 33, and then 25. So, you know, if you're somebody... Why is it so undulating, the, you know, the thing? Why is that, do you think? It, um, it, in Italy, there is, unless you're a top, top keeper, there usually can be, and I know this, trust me, at Roma, um, there's a, usually a huge, can be a bigger rotation of goalkeepers. There'll usually be two, maybe even three at times, uh, goalkeepers, and there's a certain level of, you know, whoever's got the best form plays. Um, you know, unless you are a, you know, a Donnarumma, a Buffon, a Chesney, yeah. th- these types of players, um, there can be some rotation at that position. But for me, a little bit of a red flag is obviously what you want from a goalkeeper really is 30 plus, 30 plus, 30 plus, 30 plus. And the problem now is we're not talking about him in 2014 as a 19 year old anymore. You know, he'll be come this next season. He'll be, he'll be 26 years old, I believe. Um, and you know, you, you're really going to need to be consistently playing football and don't get me wrong. 20 appearances, 25 appearances, two of the last three years. It's not that bad, but realistically, it's about half a season. Um, you know, and you'd, you'd want more games played at that point. And, you know, playing behind Uris, is he going to get as much game time there? I'm not so sure. Yeah. So was he the goalkeeper for Atlanta when they had that great run in the Champions League? Yes. Yeah. So he's, yeah, he's been, yeah, he's been really, really good. Um, you know, the, the 1920 season, so not this past, um, not this past season, but the season before, um, is where he played, uh, most of his games, the 33, uh, 33, uh, games across the, across the board. But again, he just like a lot of players, you know, we've seen the links with, um, Christian Romero as well. And, and I, I did, I did tweet this because I do think it's a very good point. A lot of, a lot of players have left Atalanta and been good you know, very good, you'd argue some of them, but you do benefit from playing in that Atalanta system, which I think across the board, you know, making the most of what they have at Atalanta, um, I'd say is probably the best football we've seen in Italy, um, you know, over the past few years from from Gasparini's side. Yeah, so um, why is he leaving Atlanta? They're in the Champions League, I believe. He's going to probably be the number one there. Is it purely a financial reason he's leaving? Um, well, I, 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 I would imagine. Oh, sorry, what wages would he be on? Do you think at Atlanta, roughly, did, you know, that type of club? Maybe. I, I, I can't imagine it's any more than. I mean, don't quote me on this, no, but no, I can't, I, I can't imagine it's any more than four million euros a season, five million. You know, 
maybe something around something around that mark. Um, I mean, obviously, you can you consider Donnarumma before he left Milan was on about. I think he wanted about ten or twelve million euros uh, a season. So yeah, I, I imagine he'd have been on four or five, and obviously that will. But then again, it's a loan. Hmm. Yeah. I'm not sure. I'm, I'm not, not sure, sure actually. If it's a loan. Um... <laughs> The club that's taken in pay some of his wages, don't they? Or they pay all the wages? I don't know. I'm not sure. They, they, they can. I think it depends. So, so if you're, let's say, you're a Barcelona and you want to get rid of a Coutinho on loan, I'm, I'm sure Barcelona's, uh, you know, pay a lot of those wages. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but for for a player like Gallini, I'm not so sure. It wouldn't shock me if Spurs were playing, uh, paying all all the wages there. I'm, I'm I really don't know. Yeah, no, no, um, fine. But um, but I think you know the the main thing that I get, and I don't have any you know inside information or or reports that I'm quoting on this. I think there's a certain level of you know what I've I've not there's there's kind of an unfinished chapter in England, and I think that he he wants to go and kind of kind of try and prove himself in the Premier League, which you know kudos kudos to him seriously. Yeah, no. no, that's really good actually. So um, I've, uh, I was going to ask a question, but I, I, it'll come back to me on about that one. So um. T- tell us some interesting facts about uh, our friend Pierluigi Gallini. Have you got some interesting facts you can? <laughs> yes. So the the best one, um, and my favourite one anyway, because I actually watched it before coming on. Um, in 2018, he uh, released like kind of a you know musically a well produced, and in terms of the music video, a well produced um, a rap video. Um, oh, wow. And I believe I, I, I'm, my Italian is not fantastic, but, um, it's the, the translation is like a rapper with gloves, basically. Okay. okay. And, you know, he's, it's not, it's not bad. I, I'm not, I'm not a huge, huge fan of it. But again, you know, you see, I think a lot of, um, a lot of fo- uh, football players do kind of enjoy dabbling in that side of things a little bit more. Um, you know, and I, th- I think sports people in general, there is kind of a, a very strange link with music. Um, you know, I think okay. of, Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, we'll put the link in the description of the yeah, show. Yeah, 100%. So they, they have a look. I mean, recommended by Jack Farr, but absolutely. <laughs> no, it's great. Uh, yeah, it's really interesting. I wouldn't be the last thing I expect an Italian footballer to do the rapping. But also, like, Hugo Lloris isn't releasing a rap single anytime soon, no. right? You know, and, and, and I think there's a certain, that'll be, that'll be fantastic in the dressing room. People are going to be ribbing him, you know, like, there's going to be some fantastic, I, I just, I love stuff like that because, yeah. It takes a lot of courage to put yourself out there and, and, and produce something. That takes real courage. Uh, I think to, to criticize or make fun of something is very, very easy. Anybody can do that. But actually putting something out there creatively to the world, like credit where credit's due to, yeah, uh, to Gullini. Yeah, so great. So he's put out a rap video. Anything else you can tell about him that uh, would be interesting? Um, so obviously we've, we've touched on, we've touched on a couple of them, but he does have a Manchester United and Aston Villa history. So, so that I think probably has covered about three years of his life. Um, so hence why his English are, you know, is, is so good. Um, and again, uh, a huge motivator, I would imagine, by him returning. And, and I think that this is not just going to be a loan because, you know, he, he'll, he'll probably be a little bit worried at Atalanta signing a, signing a goalkeeper as, as a replacement and then he's gone. So yeah. I think he will be coming to North London with, with the aims of, right. Yeah. Hugo Uris, you're out the door, mate. And I'm, I'm coming in here, you know, yeah, so I think yeah. that'll be, that'll be his goal. Um, another good one as well. And. Again, if if you consider that that he's kind of come up in a, around a similar time as somebody like Donnarumma as well, um, and obviously you know the likes of uh, uh, Buffon, Sirigu, these kinds of guys uh, historically, from from under twenty one, sorry, from under eighteen to under nineteen to under twenty to under twenty one to the senior team, I believe it was twenty nineteen. He made his uh, uh, international debut under Roberto Mancini. 
keep in mind these are the European champions now. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, so yeah, yeah. and 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 uh, and I, I imagine it was a game where Donnarumma was being rested or something. But still, credit where credit is due. The, the the man has represented Italy at the top top level, and and being able to do that from a young age going forward with the you know trips to England and back and being at um I want to say it's four or five different clubs now. So he's got um including his youth career. Fiorentina, Manchester United, uh, Hellas Verona, um, Villa. Uh, Aston Villa, and uh, Atalanta. You know, he's got five clubs under his belt. Um, so, so, so I think very, very impressive. He's managed to still impress the, the national team set up and, and be a player there. Um, and then the other one, which I just thought was, was kind of interesting and, and definitely a positive, um, he faced six penalty kicks last year. He saved, he saved two of them. So and that's not too bad, right? No, you know, if if one in three penalties, and and the reason why I really wanted to bring that up, Ray, was this is the Premier League and this is VAR, and we know that, you know, especially if you consider a team like Manchester United, right? You've got Rashford, Sancho, and blah blah, all running at you. Bruno Fernandez, they're all going to get touched and go down. There's going to be a lot of penalties. If he can keep up, like one in three penalties being saved, he's doing something right. So a question I had for you, that's excellent stuff, Jack, really, really insightful, thank you. Yeah. One of the questions I had for you is, is he going to be able to really put pressure? Because Hugo Lloris hasn't had any pressure while he's been on, in goal. He's always automatically number one. Is this guy going to be really able to push him and put him under pressure? If he doesn't perform, then this guy can come in? I hope so. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, the skill level... I think is the one that hits you in the face most because we know, yeah, Hugo Lloris, you know, it's the autumn of his career. You'd argue maybe it's even the winter of his career, right? Um, so, so, um, you know, his skill level will be going down and down and, you know, down going forward. And Golini, you would hope, especially around the age of 25, 26, it's just going to keep going up. Also, with the ideas, as I've mentioned to you, you know, the, yeah. the, the rap song and the kind of character he is and, and yeah. the guy that he is, you'd hope that the dressing room warms to him and, and it yeah. kind of becomes a clear favourite. Yeah. And the last thing that you would want um, from a coaching staff, Nuno in there as well, the last thing you want, um, again, <laughs> keep bringing up Manchester United, is a Dean Henderson, David De Gea type scenario. Yeah. Yeah. You want a clear starter. And I think that if Golini can put enough pressure on Maybe not the first game of the season or even the first half of the season, but maybe after the January transfer window, who knows? Maybe Gallini will get a run of four or five games, play well, and then we'll start to hear stuff about Hugo Uris moving on at the end of the year. And then maybe Gallini will be your guy. Um, and I think that's his intent. You know, I think that if, if you wanted a, if you wanted a safe stopgap goalkeeper, you'd have signed a British, you'd have signed a British backup. And, and I believe I saw this report. You'll have to correct me on this. Um, Nuno told Joe Hart that his services are kind of no longer required. Is that is that right? I'm, I'm not sure. I haven't seen that. But if you're telling me that, yeah, I, mean, um, I, I believe so. I believe I saw that on Twitter again. Don't he's don't. Only got one year left on his contract as well. Anyway, right. But, don't don't quote me on that. But no, no, but Joe right. Hart is like a decent. You would imagine as a backup, yeah, still yeah, an appropriate yeah. backup. So. The fact that it's kind of like, right, we, you know, we, we're kind of distancing ourselves from you, Joe Hart. We're bringing this guy in from Italy on loan with, a, with an option to buy. I think, I think that, that shows where the club's mindset is at. And is this mainly a Paratici-driven thing? Is it Paratici being the main guy in it? Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, what I would say to you, generally speaking, um, and this is no disrespect to, to Nuno, um, but I don't think Nuno is going to have a huge say in transfers. Um, 
if if we learn anything at Wolves and the amount of Portuguese players they were signing, um, I know Nuno is Portuguese himself, but but we know the relationship that Wolves had with uh, Jorge Mendes. Um, and I think that, you know, nearly every single player that was brought in was a Jorge Mendes, uh, you know, Jorge Mendes guy. And just as a quick aside, um, you know, we talk about third party ownership being banned in uh, in, in football. A- agents are basically football clubs now. That's kind of, it's kind of that way. You know, there is still kind of third party ownership happening in football. You have to make sure the agents get their money before anything happens. Um, but Christian Romero. You know, I, I look at I look at somebody like him. Um, he was linked heavily to Juventus when Paratici was there. Paratici's now gone to Spurs, and he's been heavily linked with Spurs. Yeah. So, to me, plays for the same club. It wouldn't surprise me if uh, if if Gallini was was potentially you know maybe an option as a backup at Juve or, or God forbid even even a starter. So yeah, I'd say that's definitely a Paratici Paratici driven deal. Okay, and we'll, I think we'll do a separate video on QT Romero if he signs. That'd be great to do a video with you on that. Yeah, he, ah, oh, he's, yeah, he's, he's, he's terrific. I, you know, I, I do, like I said, I'm always a little bit hesitant because it's, it's the team at Atalanta that makes them so strong. But I, I look at, uh, Gianluca Mancini, um, who's obviously went, who went from Atalanta to Roma. He, you know, he's a great player too. Um, and so, you know, it'd be kind of in a similar mold as, as that. Excellent. Excellent. And one last question I have, and I all Spurs fans are going to have this: Is does he have a clanger in him? A clanger? What do you mean? Oh, is it is a mistake? You know, Lloris has got a clanger in him, hasn't he? So, does he have a clanger in him? Uh, unfortunately, I feel like one goes hand in hand with the other when you're not as confident as coming for the ball in the box and kind of really dominating your area. And I do think that is an area for him which he does need to work on. So. To me, can I see him, you know, coming for a cross and maybe not getting the full punch or not getting the catch or missing it altogether? Sure. But again, this is not a guy who, you know, this is not a guy who is going to be like, oh, I've, I've never been here before and I don't know the language or anything. As we've discussed, he's come back to me, I think, to prove a point. He speaks the language. And I think that this is his moment really to when he gets given the opportunity to really step up and, and, and be heard. And I'm sure the Spurs coaches will, uh, will work with him on that. Jack, that's been an excellent uh, insight into Pierluigi Galina. We really appreciate that. Um, to all our subscribers and viewers, please remember to like, comment, and subscribe. If you've got any more questions for Jack, we're hopefully going to have him in regularly on our channel. He's going to be one of our stalwarts of our channel with all these excellent analysis and insights. So please put them in the comment section. So, uh, Jack, before we go, any final thoughts from you? Uh, you know, Again, I think if this guy has a loan and plays a couple of cup games, um, maybe one or two Premier League appearances, if, if Yuris has a, you know, an injury of some description, I think if he goes back to Atalanta, you know, no harm, no foul. Um, I think this guy could be your, your new number one from 2022 onwards. But I would also say don't, you know, don't pin your hopes on it uh, just yet. Um, you know, another an, another guy, and I, I've, I've said this to James, obviously an Arsenal Arsenal fan, okay. The fact clubs aren't going for Kaylor Navas at PSG blows my mind. Blows my mind. It if, could if be a Par- wager if, thing. Maybe a wager thing. Yeah, quite, quite possibly. But I would say any, you know, Fabio Paratici, if you're watching, make sure you go look at go look at the uh, contract situation of uh, of Kaylor Navas. Um, but no, apart from that, um, uh, m- myself and and my buddy James are on box to box football, yeah. uh, trying to get to uh, 500 subscribers over there. And obviously, we're you know any any support is is wanted. And obviously, I think you can see in my name here at Red Brood on uh, on Twitter if you've got any any questions or, or anything of that nature. No, absolutely. We'll put the link to Box to Box. Guys, if you can go and subscribe to James and Jack's channel, that'd be great. Get them up to 500 subscribers. They produce really, really good content. 
it'd be really good to get them up to those subscribers. And uh, as I said, we're going to have Jack regularly on our show. And if James is a good boy, even though he's an Arsenal fan, we might get him on occasionally as well. <laughs> Everybody take care. This is Ray from London saying goodbye, and we'll see you on the next podcast. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. You've been listening to the Spurs 9501 podcast. Stay in touch, continue the debate, and let us know what you want to discuss by finding us on YouTube. Tune in after the next match day for more insight. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Spurs 9501 podcast. Stay in touch, continue the debate, and let us know what you want to discuss by finding us on YouTube. Tune in after the next match day for more insight. Thanks for listening.